0: Beyond the Mic with Sean Dillon. We're joined on the star line by a former DC Comics writer, publisher, and editor. His latest project is Hide or Seek, the Superpower Protection Program. We welcome author Dan Didio. Hey there, how are you? Thanks for having me on the show. Absolutely great, Dan. Oh, let's go beyond the mic. Your character, Nick Papas' dad, killed on national TV. Nick never knew his dad was a superhero sent away to an all-American town of Crucible, but nothing is what it seems. This book seems to be your story, hero that's hidden away by powerful people. Why was writing this so fun for you?
1: You know, it's, it's a lot of fun for me, because we talk about things like this all the time when I used to be in the job at DC Comics, about secret identity and how do you protect yourself, and a lot of those things have sort of unraveled over the years, and people wonder, what's the necessity of a secret identity? Well, here we go. This is a story where the father's killed, the kid doesn't know about it, not because... He doesn't really know his father. It's just he never really paid that much attention to what his father did. And then all of a sudden, his life is completely torn upside down. He's, he's whisked away with his mother, put into a town. And in this town, actually you find out are other characters with powers. And even that, even worse than that, these are the villains that his father used to fight. So here he is trying to assimilate himself in this new locale, but not sure who to trust, and then other things start to unravel as you start to find out the mysteries behind this town itself.
0: You seem to have incredible artists and writers at your beck and call. Just snap your fingers and they're there. As this story was written, why were Anthony and Chris the best choice to help you with this project? Well,
1: he, Anthony, and Chris, Anthony and Chris were writers on on the Star Trek series, so they they, they knew it, and they knew how to really lay out uh, a book. I was new to novels. I had written for television, I had written for for comics, but doing a novel was a completely different thing, and they were great helping me just pace it all out. I had my story set, we laid it all out together. Then I went in and basically rewrote it to the way I really wanted this story to work and play. So these are these are good guys, and actually, I work with them. Also, um, I actually have partners with Frank Miller, uh, who created Sin City and 300 and so many things like that. And Frank and I are partners in a comic company, and Anthony Chris are are there helping us there too. So good people, good people to be working with. And, And I love collaboration. I think that's what makes... Storytelling, great, is taking all the ideas and building one big idea out of it.
0: You've teamed up with Frank Miller for Frank Miller Presents, and currently writing Ancient Enemies. How has writing this series tested
1: you? Um, it's it's first of all, we're trying to start up a company, and this this is a, a real personal project for me too because it's world building. So there's a lot of characters, a lot of intricate pieces moving together. It's a big story. It's a it's a class war story that starts in outer space and makes its way to Earth. And I felt that it was, it was a way to tell a superhero story that's felt contemporary today's times, more so than just good versus zero he, evil or hero versus villain. Um, even with the novel, hero versus villain is not that clear anymore too. And I think that really captures a lot of sensibilities that you see around us. How does building a world
0: easier when you don't have the constraints of pre-existing notions? Like you were stuck at DC. Some people were like, now you can't do that because it is this. And when you would go out like your 52 series, you were stuck because of pre-existing notions. How much easier is it to build a world
1: and say, look, this is how it is. There isn't anything. It's an interesting question because the reality is when you're building a world, when you have unlimited playground, you can tend to get out of control and just push it out too far out and lose focus. The goal is to create some sort of parameters that establish a world that exists within Reality. So that way you have a base to work from. Once you push it too far out, the the world starts to lose focus and attention and you need something that the people can relate to. So that's the first thing. I mean, when you were at D.C., we had what was called the immutables, things that could never change. And you know what? As much as that is a constriction, that is also a strong building block. Because once you know that you have something you can't change, you, your first inclination is try to change everything else around it to make it feel fresh and different. I almost said Ancient Aliens. The funny part is I was actually on the Ancient Aliens show twice. That's why I know the difference. And, so <laughs> <laughs> and I saw you. That's the reference. I, I have to digress one. Being on Ancient Aliens was really funny because they, they ask you a lot of questions. And by the time they finish asking you questions you you actually believe there are aliens on earth by the way you, by the way they formulated everything but
0: aliens dan didio joins us beyond the mic and it's time dan for the rocky Nate. eight random questions answer where... <laughs> Uh, Answer with the first thing that comes to your mind. There's no pressure. Favorite ABC after school special.
1: Oh, wow. Geez, Louise. You know, it's, I'm going to, I'm going to date myself. I was actually the ABC executive in charge of after school specials for the last two years they existed. So I had a couple of favorites. we did one um, we did one about menopause and uh, and first period uh, where the mother and daughter were going experience at the same time so that was rather interesting for me um, not having gone through it myself you know um, but it was, it was fun
0: <laughs> real quick I'm not going to ask you to tell me your most favorite DC comic but what's your least favorite Ooh,
1: (laughs) that list is probably longer than my most favorite. Uh, You know, it's, it's hard to do that because you know what it is? There's a lot of books that people love that I get frustrated with because um, of what I thought it was going to be and how they turned out, you know, but we make fun of Frank, Frank Miller and I, we make fun of brother power, the geek a lot. (laughs) That's a great one. Do you have hope for the blue beetle movie? Yeah. With the blue beetle. Yeah. Blue beetle was a character that, I helped build and introduce um, when we started. When I first started there, it was one of our goals to diversify the DC universe. So we actually killed Ted Cord and then brought in Jaime Reyes as as his replacement. So it's great to see him in a movie because it just shows all the energy that was put into that character is validated. I mean, the guys that did it, Keith Giffen and John Rogers and Cully Hamner, did a beautiful job creating him and bringing him to life. And now it's a movie. Great. Best thing about Grant Morrison? Uh it's crazy brilliant. I don't. If I've been, I've been with Rant for weekends, and the level of logic and craziness and expansive thinking—I uh, mean, you can think the world is upside down by the time you figure it out—and he'll can explain it perfectly to you. What's your typical White Castle order? Uh, my typical White Castle order is we, we used to do this for... Uh, it's funny, why do you ask about White Castle? The uh, funny thing is that uh, we used to do... Um, I'm dreaming of a White Castle Christmas at DC uh, when we were in New York. And, uh, and we used to collect money. So we used to buy $150 worth of White Castle hamburgers and bring it to the office. And the, the best I ever did was the guys in... We were in New York at the time and the guys in LA didn't participate. So I used to put the, the White Castle hamburgers in inter-office envelopes and send it to them and they get it like two weeks later. <laughs> Favorite horror movie of all time. Oh, horror movies. That's a tough one. Um, Cause I love horror movies. You know Uh it's science fiction, probably planet of the apes, horror movie. Ah, Jeez. That's a tough one. I don't know. I, I, I watch them all. I like really bad movies. So I, my first thing coming to me is the blob with Steve McQueen, but I don't know why. <laughs>
0: Best spot on the Brooklyn College campus to think.
1: Well, <laughs> You're killing me, man! What are you doing, Brooklyn College campus?
0: I got, I got, I got two questions left in a minute. country?
1: How about that? We used to go to kosher country. <laughs> How many comics
0: do you own personally?
1: Personally, I've got fifty-five loan boxes of comics.
0: It's time for one big question with Dan Diddy. He'll be on the mic as Marvel and DC both try to figure out what the hell they are in TV movie in their own realms. Who do you think has the potential to step up and making the biggest impact in your industry?
1: Interesting. Uh, it, it's interesting. I, I mean, I'm intrigued by what James Gunn does because he's so counter to what DC is. You know, he's he's irrelevant. He, he's he's he pushes the envelope. He he plays it edgy. So a lot of these characters are really you know, 80 years old, to be honest. So you have to be able to really extract what makes them work for 80 years, but find a way to really connect with an audience. So I'm intrigued to see what he does.
0: Dan Didio sent hamburgers through inner office memos, loves the blob, and wants you to read Hide or Seek the Superpower Protection Program. Dan, thanks for taking the time to talk with us today. Thanks so much, Sean. It's a pleasure talking to you. And that, my friends, is Beyond the Mic Shortcut. If you're enjoying these conversations, please check out another Beyond the Mic episode to find more actors, artists, and people you need to know. We'd also appreciate a like and subscribe on the Good Pods app.